This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Citizen Tacoma. Hi, Jenny. Today on the podcast, we interviewed Derek Young, who is running for Pierce County Council. That was a great civics lesson and uh, a great report on the state of the county and his work in it. It really was. I think that there's a lot of misconceptions between what is city council purview and what is county council purview, and he does a good job of walking us through that. Listen in. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma. Thank you for having me. We're so happy to have you here. Can you please tell us a little bit about your Pierce County story, how long you've been here, where you live, all of that stuff? Sure. So um, I I actually grew up in Gig Harbor. Uh, We moved here uh, from Indiana when I was eight years old. So spent the bulk of my formative years um, over across the bridge in Gig Harbor. And um, I, when I basically came back from college, uh, you know, I was a young environmentalist, very excited about Growth Management Act and trying to implement it. My community wasn't doing what I had hoped. So I decided to run to prove a point and um, <laughs> surprised, I think, myself more than anybody. But um, but I think, um, you know, most other folks as well and ended up winning mm-hmm. uh, that race. So I then spent um, 16 years, four terms on the city council in Gig Harbor. Um, and then f- four years ago, I started a run for uh, Pierce County Council, where I represent not only the peninsulas and islands where I'm from, uh, but also the north end and west end Tacoma. Yeah. Could you kind of uh, draw out those boundaries for us so people know if they're in your district? Yeah. So on on this side of the bridge, uh, you know, on the other side, it's real simple. Basically, yeah. if you're on the uh, Pierce County portion of the peninsula, you're in my district. Mm-hmm. Um, on this side, it's a little more complicated. So basically, uh, if you are um, in the Tacoma's West End, uh, basically everything north of 19th, uh, that's in my district. Um, in the uh, North Tacoma uh, part, you know, it's everything north of uh, 6th Avenue and then um, west of Steel and Carr. Uh, so if you, you know, go down to uh, Point Ruston, you know, that's in my district, uh, mm-hmm. whereas Stadium District isn't. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Um, it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> it is a little bit of everything. And you've been on the council for four years already. Uh, three and a half. Three and a yeah, half, yeah. yeah. So I'm in my uh, the, the end of my first term, and, and I'm running for re-election. Excellent. Do you feel like you know what you're doing now? You know, it, <laughs> it is funny because uh, while, uh, you know, I often joke that uh, uh, local government from city to county, it, it's not the exact same, but it rhymes. Yeah. But then there is an additional layer of responsibilities that you have that it does take a little bit of getting used to. So I, I feel like I'm finally to the point now where I really know where all the levers are, and it's just a matter of pulling them. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it must be so difficult. Speaking of, I know that there's a lot of misconception about what is city council, what is county mm-hmm. council, and what are the different things that you guys can legislate. So can you... 
help us out with that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, in terms of, you know, taking care of local transportation, you know, your roads, uh, your law enforcement through your local police department uh, and land use decisions um, at the local level, all those are taken care of for you by your very capable city council and mayor. Um, we, uh, for those of us, uh, for those folks that live outside of a city um, in the unincorporated area, so the, on the peninsulas mm-hmm. primarily in my district, um, those folks, we are their local government. So yeah. uh, it's it's very, very similar in that regard. Then you have sort of the countywide responsibilities and the state responsibilities that we carry out on behalf of the state. Um, so, for example, uh, criminal justice uh, is all handled um, at the uh, county level. So prosecutor, the courts, um, anything beyond uh, a, fel- a felony and beyond is prosecuted and um, adjudicated by um, by the county. Uh, same for cr- criminal defense. Uh, we also end up handling uh, public health issues, although we have a unique partnership in uh, Pierce County. We have a uh, Tacoma-Pierce County uh, Health Department where essentially the um, the city is a partner in it and they have mm-hmm. seats on our board. Uh, but that's an unusual arrangement. Uh, public health is typically a county responsibility. Uh, we also uh, administer health, human services uh, as well. So anything related to delivering social services at the local level, it's mostly carried out by the county. And then we also do a lot of kind of regional uh, planning and uh, transportation issues. So for example, um, you know, I sit with uh, Council Member Mello from Tacoma mm-hmm. on our uh, growth management policy board. So we end up determining a lot of that regional level um, uh, uh, growth issues. So mm. determining where population and and employment centers need to go. Yeah, I wondered, especially where transportation is concerned, how county councils need to collaborate when transportation is crossing yeah, it, counties. It can get tricky. I mean, the idea behind Growth Management Act is both to make sure that we are putting our limited resources where the growth is going to happen, mm-hmm. but also that we're coordinating between our agencies. And that hasn't always happened as as well as you would uh, as you might hope. Mm-hmm. Um, often the county council and the uh, city have been at odds in terms yeah. of their visions for the future. I think that's kind of died down, and we're a little more on the same page. So we're doing more things together. Like you know, right now we're planning a bus route or transit route that will start in the city on Pacific and head out into Parkland mm-hmm. um, and Spanaway. And so that's an example where our our mutual kind of yeah. vision of where things are headed is starting to. Um, I, I think converge in the same direction. Excellent. Um, Don't get me see. wrong; there's still disagreements. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, what do you think went well in your first term, and if you could do differently given the opportunity this next term, what are your goals? So. We were able to do some things, even though, uh, you know, in, in the county council is a partisan um, mm-hmm. office yeah. and uh, more partisan than I would like, to be honest. But yeah. uh, even from the minority, we've been able to accomplish a lot of things that I think are pretty positive for us, you know, as a county and as as a region. Um, the county council is uh, three and six. Uh, three and four. Three and four. Yeah. Uh, so four Republicans, three Democrats, myself included. Mm. Um and so, you know, as an example, one of the first bills that I drafted when I got to the council was that we had a local cannabis um, ban in Pierce County. And so that yeah. meant that everything outside the city um, really, you know, uh, we hadn't been able to deal with that issue. And so mm-hmm. we actually were able to pass that. Um, 
we also passed uh, some uh, legislation on stormwater and uh, shorelines that uh, you know is designed to help protect Puget Sound. Uh, a lot of people don't know that the number one pollutant uh, for Puget Sound, and in fact the biggest cause of our loss of um, species in Puget Sound is stormwater. It's yeah. you know basically coming from our our vehicles, and it's not mm-hmm. just like the oil and that kind of thing. It's actually the tire residue is yeah. is a big problem. Um, so we we've passed some legislation that. Uh, is pretty aggressive in trying to combat that problem. Um, the same with the shoreline issue. In in sort of things that I wish had gone better, um, you know, we had uh, – I sponsored the Behavioral Health Tax, um, mm-hmm. which Pierce County is the um, – is unfortunately the last urban county that hasn't passed it Uh uh, 29 of our, th- uh, excuse me, 22 of our 39 uh, counties <laughs> have passed it in uh, Washington state. And, um, you know, as a result, Tacoma is essentially going it alone on behavioral health issues. Um, in fact, the legislation was changed specifically to allow Tacoma to do it. Um, and the rest of Pierce County just isn't stepping up uh, to help uh, pay for uh, behavioral health. And so um, that means everything from mental health issues to combating the opioid epidemic. Um, one thing that did go well in the opioid epidemic is I, I convened a, a task force that Councilmember McCarthy from Tacoma is um, kind of co-chairing with me to try to make sure we have this joint partnership between the cities and counties. And um, that's gone extremely well. I was going to get to the behavioral health uh, portion later in the uh, interview, but so in 2017, the county council authorized 4.6 million in Mm -hmm. behavioral health programming, but that's not enough is what we're finding. Yeah. I mean, the the best way of putting it is that the the investments that we're making um, are, are basically pilot programs. You know, it's what we can afford. And so the the what we've mostly invested in so far have been mobile outreach. Um, you know, we're a big county. Uh, if you go back to the east, they tend to be very small. You know, Indiana, where I'm from, has 92 counties, which and it's a much smaller state than Washington. Um, <coughs> so we go from sea level to a 14,000 foot volcano and um, have you know roughly 900,000 900, people in that. And if we're going to reach all those folks, we need to do something uh, where we're reaching out to where they're at. Um, the other thing I was going to note is that, um, you know, some of that some of those resources, as we push them out to the outlying areas, it's going to be uh, I guess I guess the, the, the phrase I'm looking for is we need to basically go where the people are and not expect them all to come into town for treatment. Yeah. Uh, we also were able to make an investment in the um, new psychiatric hospital uh, that will dramatically improve the number of beds that we have available per capita in Pierce County. We we actually have one of the worst um, uh, behavioral health systems you will find in the country as as we stand right now in just terms of capacity. Uh, so that uh, facility will dramatically improve that situation. We still won't be where the national average is, uh, but in terms of capacity, there will be a place for m- more people to go. Where is that? Uh, it's actually here in Tacoma. It's on the campus of the old, uh, it's the MultiCare's uh, oh, off of Union and 19th, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Alan Moore sort of area. Alan Moore, yes. Right yeah. there. Oh, yeah, the new mm-hmm. building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that brand huh. new building that you see being constructed, that's it. And, oh, and the county and the great. city both stepped up to uh, help with the construction of that. And as a result, we will get a crisis triage uh, center uh, out of it. Hmm. Good job. Yeah, you know, <laughs> one of those things that uh, was so desperately needed, I, it was weird that it, I even need to, to advocate for it. But. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so obviously behavioral health feeds into our one of our main issues, which is our increased homeless population. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the council's kind of move, what moving forward? What are our plans with helping to deal with that crisis? You know, I, I'll be blunt. Um, we we aren't doing enough there. Mm-hmm. In fact, by enough, I mean we're doing Anything. almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> you know, that's really tragic because part of it is a behavioral health is- issue. I mean, we're seeing basically, uh, particularly the opioid epidemic, um, that's driving a lot of it. But on the flip side, there's also just a ton of it that's caused by our housing affordability crisis. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the more that we see housing um, rent prices in particular be um, uh, driven up by people mm-hmm. that are coming from, you know, King County mm-hmm. uh, and displacing folks here that don't have another place to go, that's driving a lot of people um, into homelessness. And so, um, you know, while we are the distributor of housing dollars here locally um, and uh, and basically, you know, manage those programs, we aren't investing enough of our local dollars in, um, you know, housing. Uh, we don't have a housing levy like King County does. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a lot of, you know, um, uh, supportive housing, which is what, what really we need to get to. So, again, this gets back to that, you know, failing to pass the one-tenth of one percent. Um, and, you know, we were able to get a, a, a majority, but our charter requires a supermajority. So mm-hmm. uh, if we can get back to that, um, then we'd have some resources to potentially look at building some supportive housing. But as it stands right now, uh, there's not a ton that the county is um, that is doing. Uh, and I think you see that reflected in, you know, the outcomes. You know, you basically have the city is doing its best, uh, but they're – putting a finger in the dam, you know, they're Mm -hmm. not uh, able to deal with it on a systemic level. So we need more resources. Um, We've been working with the legislature to come up with some more. So there's, Mm -hmm. there will be a little more housing investment coming to us next year. uh, But it is, um, it is not the amount that's needed. We also just need to look in more in terms of our land use policy in general, what that, that uh, jobs, housing imbalance in the region that's causing a lot of this. Um, that part uh, we are talking about at that regional level. Our regional um, uh, growth strategy, uh, which is uh, called Vision 2050, will be the new update. Um, that really is, it's to me, it, the biggest source of the problem is that Seattle is kind of sucking up all the job growth and not building an adequate amount of housing, which pushes people further and further away to find housing that they can afford. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem with that is it requires billions and billions of dollars of transportation investment. It also displaces people that, you know, are here and don't really have another place to, uh, to get to in the meantime. So we need to be rethinking, excuse me, rethinking that strategy. I wonder if I know that you are probably a huge nerd about these things and you read a lot of journals and articles and what not and related to that. Is there? It's not the first time that accusation's been thrown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering, because we talk a lot with a lot of people about what is being done, what, what could be done, that kind of thing. Is there like a dream situation, like some outside the box solution that's not being tried, that's mm-hmm. maybe being tried somewhere else that you've read about in your political nerdery that we could... Discuss. Um, you know, unfortunately, the the t- kinds of solutions that you see in most areas that work, um, and in fact, to a degree, our region's a little better than uh, some other places. Um, 
but it's more housing. I know that more sounds silly, <laughs> yeah. but but um, that is a controversial thing because yeah. there's a lot of folks who resist uh, additional housing and where they live. Mm-hmm. I think they intuitively understand that um, you know we need more housing in the region if we're going to have all these new people because otherwise, yeah. where do they go? But that doesn't mean that they necessarily prove of it near their uh, own residences. So that's something that as local governments, we just need to have the courage to say that's not going to work. Um, We need to be building much more housing. Seattle needs to do it on a large scale. King County needs to do it. And frankly, we need to do it here. Uh, So that means that Tacoma, for example, is going to have to accept quite a bit of growth. Um, That hasn't happened because that's not where the market has been in recent history. Mm -hmm. But we're just now seeing sort of that you know, big sprawling uh, urban growth area that the county created, you know, decades ago is finally kind of reaching its capacity. So as a result, some of the growth is coming back into Tacoma where, frankly, we need, you know, units built. So you're going to see uh, pressure to build more in, and remodel more and mm-hmm. uh, redevelop sites um, here in Tacoma. So how does that, again, back with the city council, county council, sure. like how does that work for land use as far as those decisions? Yeah. So <clears throat> we, we are actually getting ready to embark this year on what we call our buildable lands inventory. And basically, the, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. You inventory all the land that you have in Pierce County and say, okay, this doesn't have a critical area on it. It's got good infrastructure. It's n- near the urban core. So we need to be putting, you know, housing, employment, and so on, so on, so forth there. Um from there, that we then take our population allocation and kind of divide it amongst the cities based on you know what they're able to provide. So smaller cities, remote cities, will tend to get less popul- population allocation. The larger cities like Tacoma, Puyallup, Lakewood will get the bulk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so from there, it's up to the city councils to decide where that happens within their city. So um, you know we're here to be supportive and encourage it. And so where the city says, okay, these are our designated growth centers. We need to be a, be there to be supportive of you know transportation investment in those areas. So um, you know just recently there was a um, a, a, a move on the mall area sub sub area plan um, that included some affordable housing units. Um, it's next to good transit facilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is where our entire region, not just the Tacoma um, uh, Council, needs to be supporting um, you know the resources to make sure that that works. The same is true for other parts of Tacoma where growth is. Uh, as planned for. It means the rest of us uh, have to be supportive of that. So part of this whole issue is, like you mentioned, um, jobs. Yes. So could you talk a little bit about the new employment tax incentives and explain those for the people? Um, So the best way to think about those is it uh, it demonstrates our commitment to getting more jobs and and, uh, making South Sound the best work to live, work, and play. but it's also a chance to have a little fun at Seattle's expense, I'll be honest. Um, and you know, it, it achieved the desired outcome, and that was to get some media attention to the fact that, hey, you know, there is a place where you can locate. Um, and in fact, most of your employees are probably located somewhere in a place like Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that you're having them commute all the way up to Seattle right now. So wouldn't it be great if you came to a place like Tacoma that's going to welcome you instead of, you know, essentially, um, you know, uh, you know, get aggravated by the amount of activity that you are creating and uh, have your employees closer, uh, work closer to home. 
we think that's good for the uh, not only for our citizens, you know, to be able mm-hmm. to basically commute, you know, 10, 15 minutes as opposed to an hour, hour and a half, at, you know, if not more. Um, we also just think it's better from a regional standpoint uh, because think of all the billions of dollars that we have to invest in transportation infrastructure if our strategy is going to be this unipolar yeah. world where Seattle gets all the jobs and we become bedroom communities. Yeah, I don't think that's good for Pierce County. I don't think it's good for Tacoma. Uh, but I also just think it's a bad idea for our entire region. It's not a healthy, sustainable way of of living. You know, if people are spending a couple hours commuting every day, are they able to come home and, you know – volunteer in the community, go to their kid's school, you know, be involved in things like that. They may have more time to listen to your podcast, but um, but <laughs> that's, that's in this case, it's not necessarily um, what's best for the community. I, I think it's also important to, to point out that the number one, and it's by a lot, uh, cause for uh, uh, creation of CO2 uh, and greenhouse gas emissions in uh, the Puget Sound region in Washington in general is transportation. So if we are forcing people to get on the road, um, it is increasing our uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister show, The Nerd Farmer Podcast. Channel 253 is brought to you by Alaska Airlines. But here's the God's honest truth. I'd be telling you how great they were even if they weren't sponsoring our podcast. If anyone from Alaska is listening, please don't take me up on that. But really, I've been singing the praise of Alaska for a long time, ever since I started flying them regularly. I discovered Alaska is definitely the airline for me. I don't go to travel sites. I don't shop around. I stick with the hometown airline. I like their mileage plan. I like direct flights. I like their efficient service. I like their flight attendants who are really friendly. I like their craft beers. And so help me, I love that cheese plate. The next time you want a great cheese plate at 30,000 feet, go to alaskaair.com and reserve yours today. And if you need to fly somewhere, they can probably help with that too. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP, and I fly Alaska. And we're back. Could you talk a little bit about the different um, concerns with between your rural constituents and your urban constituents, specifically nuisance properties, as that was one of the uh, platforms indicated was a priority by the city council, county council? Yeah, sure. You know, it, it is kind of interesting. So my district uh, goes from basically the the most rural parts of the county, like out in the Key Peninsula, you know, Devil's Head, Long Branch area, um, to suburban, you know, Gig Harbor, and then obviously to the north end, which is, you know, as urban as you get pretty mm-hmm. much in, in Tacoma. And so um, the diversity of issues that we deal with on a daily basis is, is pretty incredible. Um, yeah. So everything from um, wayward livestock. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to obviously the more urban issues um, that people in Tacoma are used to. Um, in terms of like nuisance properties, so it, it's yeah, it's not even just a, a rural issue, but it's kind of a uh, non-city issue. So uh, more on the uh, Parkland Spanaway kind of area, mm-hmm. uh, some in the urban parts of Midland as well, um, and then you see it in other parts of the county where um, areas really where they got hit hard by the uh, by the recession. Uh, you ended up with a lot of abandoned homes and or foreclosures that were not well kept by the banks, mm-hmm. and these turned into sort of trap houses, you know, yeah. in a lot of cases. And so uh, we struggled with a lot of them for a number of years. Some of it was just resources, you know, county budgets are essentially broken. And so we work a lot with the legislature to fix that. But since we didn't have the resources, uh, a lot of it kind of went um, 
you know, you know, people squatting in the properties and creating real messes. I mean, yeah. uh, public health and safety hazards. You know, this isn't just a normal, um, you know, oh, my neighbor's lawn is too uh, you messy. Know, yeah. messy or whatever, something like that. Um, so, yeah, we're in a lot in large part, we're talking about criminal behavior. Mm-hmm. And so we just passed a recent um, uh, ordinance that uh, has a civil action in it that allows us to, uh, you know, basically, if we've had a number of uh, calls for concern, um, we can then uh, begin a civil action and it starts with notifying the property owner saying these activities are no longer appropriate. If you continue to tolerate them, we will remove the property from your hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's an extreme case. We yeah. want people to comply. We don't want to have to do that. But in some cases, it's what it takes to urge compliance. Uh, yeah. And so far, it seems to be working. We've had a couple uh, test cases in my district that uh, seem to have worked really well. So mm. um, we're hoping that that's a pattern that continues. But it's it's definitely a new tool and only one other place in uh, Washington has, has used it, and that's the city of Spokane. Hmm. So that's interesting then, because they have a similar situation with an urban center and then a large sprawling county, probably. Yeah, it, it's it's actually very similar in a lot of ways. There's there's really only uh, a couple counties that are that um, are similar to Coma in, in that they have a large urban unincorporated population. Yeah. Um, you know, our staff at one point joked about it being uh, you know the, the city of Pierce, so to speak. Yeah. We discovered real quickly that there was sensitivity around that phrase, and so we don't <laughs> use that anymore. Uh, but it. It was it was meant in good spirit, and the idea was basically to make sure that the county employees were thinking of themselves in terms of city obligations because yeah. they had real city obligations. Um, counties t- tend to be the provider of urban services, but in this case, we actually have the largest urban population in Pierce County. It's actually an unincorporated Pierce County. That's so interesting, and it must be so hard to walk the line between <laughs> you have more votes in the city, probably. Yeah. Those are the people that... It, it's but actually at the same time, like those people have completely different issues. And yeah. So my district's kind of interesting in that. Um, so it, the population wise, it's about 50 50 on either side of the bridge. Wow. Um, but vote wise, it's actually a little less on this side um, mm. and just has to do more with demographics, you know, than anything voting propensity um, and age. Obviously, you have younger yeah. population, fewer um Fewer of them are voters, but but in terms of sort of uh, where those other areas are, they're, they're w- well outside my district, so they're areas that I don't know as well. For example, so the thing I always tell them is, you know, you can incorporate, and then you'll have local people making your decisions rather than having me, you know, some yeah. guy from the other side of the county saying, "Here's what your land use should look like." So uh, we we basically. <laughs> The strategy is essentially to make them more city-like, create mm-hmm. some community centers that uh, you know is more logical. If you're familiar with Parkland, the, the Garfield yeah, Station kind of area, I want to appeal you. <laughs> uh, there you go. Well, that's the idea behind that development. There is to begin to you know build kind of a sense of this is this is the community center, and it made sense around the university. Uh, we're trying yeah. to do the same thing in other uh, in some of these other. Uh, urban unincorporated areas to make them more city-like and so that eventually they will become their own uh, community. That's so cool. I love that development on Garfield Street. It's mind-blowing if you were a PLU student in the 90s. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a neat project. And the thing is, too, I mean, I always try to explain to people that the Pierce County's past and land use is very bad, and we will end up with a lot of repercussions that we will continue to see development. But we're on the right track now. So it just takes time to kind of get back to, you know, good planning. 
So in preparation for this interview, um, Doug and I did some Pierce County Council news Googling, and uh, the most hits were in relation to Mark Lindquist. Mm -hmm. So I'm just hoping that you could give us some clarity on the council's role in this situation, not commentary. No one needs opinions, <laughs> but... Um, there was recently a, a decision to appeal a ruling, and I just am real confused, and I'm just wondering if you could sort that out for us. Yeah, sure. So um, the county prosecutor is uh, both the responsible for criminal prosecution, which is what you mostly think of in terms of you know representing essentially the people, and actually technically it's uh, representing the state mm -hmm. um, on behalf. Of, that's one of those state responsibilities carried out at the local level. Um, but they also have some uh, a civil side where they actually defend the, the county from lawsuits. Mm -hmm. um, in that case, um, the client is obviously the people of Pierce County, and those decisions are made on, on, by the council on the people's behalf. Um, in this case, uh, it was kind of an unusual one. In fact, um, uh, because there's the, the media report is slightly different than what actually happened. So the vote that took place, and it, it was an issue put on the uh, consent agenda, any offer that's for a settlement that's over $250,000 has to be approved by the council. That was what was the everyone saw us voting on, and mm -hmm. I, myself included, was supportive. Um, another thing that happened is that an appeal was filed uh, on behalf of the council. Uh, that discussion was not had in public, so there wasn't actually a vote, mm. and they don't need a vote uh, in order to authorize that. So uh, to be clear, there wasn't a vote by the council okay. to authorize the appeal. Um just in terms of the broader, um, you know, issue about direction yeah. of the of the prosecutor's office, you know, it, once the money, uh, you know, it, but is budgeted for those offices that are independently elected, the prosecutor, the sheriff, um, the auditor, uh, the assessor, uh, they have a lot of latitude because they're mm -hmm. they're elected in their own right, and right. You know, they're they're responsive to their constituents. Obviously, the council does its best to keep track of those budgets. Um, but, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, a lot of the other expenditures, they have pretty wide latitude in how to conduct, um, you know, their mission. So, for example, uh, if we authorize uh, litigation um, and I can give you another example, uh, the opioid um, uh, case where oh, yeah. we're, we're suing the pharmaceutical companies. Um, you know, the, we authorize the litigation, but the prosecutor has broad latitude in how to carry that out and strategy and, mm. and so on and so forth. So uh, a lot of that falls on responsibility of that person in that office. Okay. I don't know if that clarified anything. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, there's a lot of... A lot of ins and a lot of outs in this situation, and I'm, I, I'm sure that I am not the only one of our listeners that doesn't understand the current state of things. And you know, in 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 all fairness to the listeners, that that is, uh, and to you or the listeners, uh, that's that's easy to understand. Um, yeah. And part of that is because. A lot of when, when you're talking about litigation, you tip, you typically don't do it in public, right? And the reason for that is. You don't want to air out um, weaknesses uh, and strengths, for mm -hmm. that matter, or strategy in cases. And so, um, you, you know, I'll give you another example. So uh, in, in Gig Harbor, since this case is long past, when I was on the city council there, the city engaged in a lawsuit that I disagreed strongly with. Um, in fact, I, I thought it was just downright foolish. Uh, so I argued my point in executive session. Um, and then we come out and, you know, that's the end of that. 
I'm now on Team Gig Harbor. It is my yeah. job to uh, be you know, supportive and shut my mouth in terms of any supportive kind of— Supportive of something you didn't agree with. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and it's important that it be that way. Um, you yeah. know, we do the same thing even with matters like related to our legislative agenda down in Olympia. You know, even though I represent Pierce County quite a bit down there and, and uh, I actually uh, I chair the Washington State Association of Counties uh, Legislative Steering Committee, so I'm— uh, advocating on behalf of counties all across the Wash- uh, the state of Washington. Um, once we make a decision, it is important that I'm on team county, you know, yeah. or team Pierce County, even if I disagree passionately with uh, the issue. And it's because we lose, you know, our strength if we uh, break apart. So it, it's very similar in that, in that regard. Uh, but I, I think you'll see um, news in the not too near, near future on that issue. Okay. We've talked about a lot of the uh, issues and struggles that are facing Pierce County, and I was hoping you could give us some good news. Well, um, I can I can give you a couple bits of good news. Um, so uh, in terms of things that are positive, uh, you know, our budget is much more stabilized. Um, so when I first arrived at, at the county, um, we not only knew that we weren't coming anywhere where we needed to be on, on criminal justice issues, but um, just overall budget health. Uh, our uh, jail was hemorrhaging, you know, $5 million a year in cash. Mm. Uh, so, you know, my first couple, a uh, few months there, we were having to pass uh, supplemental budgets just to uh, keep the place open. Um, talks have broken down with the city of Tacoma. They left the jail. Um, you know, it, it was just generally not a great situation. Uh, we've managed to get that back together now and are actually making new investments, um, you know, as we talked about earlier in behavioral health and mm. uh, public safety. We've added 25 uh, new deputies since I arrived. Um, and that's a direct result, you know, of not only stabilizing the budget situation, uh, but also getting some new revenue, uh, namely from cannabis, uh, for example. <laughs> Uh, which is kind of funny because um, yeah. I think if you asked law enforcement a few years ago what they thought about it, they, they may not have been particularly supportive. But uh, now that they have uh, some help, uh, yeah. you know, that's been good. Uh, as part of that, we actually created a property crime unit. And what the property crime unit is doing, and this is important for folks both in and inside and outside the city, uh, because criminals don't tend to just obey city boundaries, you know, yeah. or uh, jurisdictional boundaries. And their job is basically to go after the folks that are dealing with, you know, creating the most problems. It turns out, like, just like the business community where the 80-20 rule or 20% of your uh, customers create 80% of your business mm-hmm. or your problems. Yeah. It turns out that's the same uh, basic premise in, in the criminal world is that you have some folks that this is their job. They get up and work a shift and, <laughs> yeah. um, and then they, um, yeah. you know, so going after them uh, has actually put a dent in some of our uh, property crime statistics, which had reached levels that, you know, frankly, were some of the worst you'll find anywhere. Um, Mm. That's we've made a dent there. I think some of the behavioral health uh, investments that we've made are going to bear fruit. The program um, that we call MSERT, uh, which is I forget what the acronym means, but it's a mobile crisis intervention something team. Response team. Response team. Let's just go with that. And the idea behind it is basically that they go out to folks that um, we where we know there's a problem and work with them, you know, sp- invest a lot of time and resources and try to transition them into more traditional uh, services. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been just a huge amount of success from that. We kind of stole the idea from Behar County down in uh, Texas. Mm. Um, but as a result, we've got folks who were, you know, calling 911 100 times a year because 
they had something going on, and and um, now they're down to you know not calling nine one one for their <laughs> yeah. services because we've got them help. Yeah. Um, you know, stabilizing uh, uh, housing for people who you know you know we had senior citizens that were living in conditions that frankly were were not acceptable, and so as a result of that work, you know, we're transitioning people into and into some help. So while I complain about the fact that this is not a countywide uh, program yet, um, we've shown that it works and that we're helping people, you know, on a, a real time basis, both in Tacoma and, you know, Parkland and kind of the urban core of the county. So there's good things happening. It's just a, a matter of, uh, you know, continuing to, to uh, you know, basically stretch our tax dollars as far as they can go, uh, making those budget reforms uh, to make sure we have enough revenue. Um, w- one thing that that is critical, though, is that we need some help from the state. And so mm. I've been working hard with the county association to fix county budgets. You know, essentially, everyone else has pretty much recovered from the recession at this point yeah. uh, in terms of government uh, resources. The state certainly has. Cities have done fairly well now. Uh, we're just now reaching 2008 levels of revenue, which I don't know if you're, you know, uh, <laughs> keeping track, but things have yeah. gotten more expensive since that time. And we've added a lot more Ten people. years ago. Yeah. I mean, we've added another 100,000 people to Pierce County, and that's a lot of uh, folks to serve. So um, we need uh, uh, Washington State to step up and start paying for some of its criminal justice services that we provide on on their behalf. Uh, Washington is dead last in the entire country for criminal justice, um, uh, for the share that the state uh, bears for criminal justice services. Most states, it's about 50 percent of the cost. Uh, here in Washington, it's less than 4 percent. Wow. So the the outcome from that is that we're having to use our already difficult county budgets uh, that's been, you know, pinched by you know tax yeah. cuts and new unfunded mandates to try to stretch that into you know providing all these services and it's not working great it also ends up meaning that you've got kind of justice by geography you know we don't we don't have one unified justice system so mm-hmm. for example king county um has fewer felony filings than pierce county but they have twice the judges prosecutors and public defenders that's not a fair system. So right. uh, we need to get something sorted out there with the state. So we're going to be pushing on that pretty hard over the next year. And if it doesn't get fixed, we'll be filing litigation um, to uh, um, get the state to do what it's required to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Um, where could what do you wish you had more civic engagement on? Where could people where do you suggest people get involved? How can people support you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, sort of across the board, county government is that invisible layer of government. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I talk to especially uh, young earnest liberals that are like, oh, I'm into housing and justice and, you know, uh, social <laughs> services and behavioral health. And yeah. Like, yeah. Who do you think does that? Yeah. Um, so I always tell them, get engaged because, you know, I go to a city council meeting and there's, you know, sometimes you know, 100 people there. Yeah. And it, we don't see that ever in county government. So as a result, I think um, that anonymity allows for some behavior that I think the public wouldn't um, be particularly proud of. Uh, we saw great uh, you know, public support when we tried to pass the behavioral health tax, hundreds of people showing up to testify, and that had an impact. It had a real impact. But mm-hmm. you know, then we'll have you know, land use decisions that, uh, frankly, I think are huge issues, um, yeah. you know, like an ag land protection bill that didn't, uh, you know, I sponsored but didn't pass. Um, you know, we're losing some of the best farmland in the world in Pierce County, and very few people showed up to, uh, to complain about it. And I, mm-hmm. I think most people— um, you know, would disapprove. So 
one of the problems is that we meet during the day. Um, okay. And frankly, that's something that uh, myself and the other Tacoma representatives, uh, Rick Talbert and Connie Ladenberg, have tried to change. Um, that has not been successful. But um, even still, there are ways to get a hold of us. So, you, you know, we either email or calling or uh, pestering us on the weekends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's important that people be engaged because it makes, you know, council members know that you're watching. Where and when do you meet? Uh, we meet on, uh, well, the committee meetings tend to be at uh, at one thirty on Monday afternoons, and full council meets at 3 o'clock on Tuesdays. And so the, the only exceptions to those are when we do have evening meetings. We're required by charter to have one in each council district per year, and sometimes there's um, more than that, but typically we tend to meet um, – once per year in each district. And that's a great time for those that can't come out to the county council to mm-hmm. stop by and say hello. But since we meet in Tacoma, you, Tacoma folks are always welcome. Right. So it's the 3 o'clock on Tuesdays where people should come. Yes, Not absolutely. the 1.30. Yep. And just like city council <clears throat> meetings, we have an open public comment time. So even if there's nothing on the agenda, but you have something on your mind, you can stop by and <laughs> let us know what you feel. Excellent. Kenny Coble, are you listening? <laughs> we need you or one of your minions to get on this. I need, I need Kennedy to be at the city council this so I can keep following him oh, on that's Twitter. That's true. Like, I, and know I, what... I know. I, I, we need him to clone himself and get onto the... Yeah, he and Candace are, are the ones that keep me updated on what Tacoma's up to. <laughs> yeah, same, same. Um, okay. So can you please give us your rounded out elevator pitch? Why should we reelect you? Why should people support you in your candidacy? You know, uh, I didn't actually think I was going to get that question. <laughs> so I, I've worked really hard to uh, protect uh, our community, our sound, and uh, our way of life around here. I, I think we all live here for a reason, and it's uh, partly because of the natural beauty of the area, but also, you know, we care about this community. And so um, I'm going to continue to work hard uh, to protect that, and uh, I need support because you know, my district, frankly, leans the other direction uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of its politics. And so um, we're going to have a real race. This is going to be the number one target uh, from the other side of the aisle uh, to try to get the seat back. And so, um, you know, if the uh, if I'm not there, the council goes back to a five two majority on the other side and and maybe has some different priorities. Okay, this is an important election. Everyone, please get out and vote. Make sure that you are participating in the 2018 election. Thanks for coming, Derek. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 network where you can also find the Move to Tacoma podcast as well as the Nerd Farmer podcast. And the Flounders B-Team, Crossing Division, and Taco Man podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.